Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today, Regina-based Brand Industries doubles the number of dealerships in Canada and obtains 20% of the market in Australia and New Zealand. The company completed a $300 million deal to purchase service equipment. We have a weather warning about a cold and stormy winter because of the La Nina pattern forming in the Pacific. Real Agriculture discusses fodder quality. We have details on the Mennonite Hay West program and information on shipping problems on the high seas. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazink Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank 306-721-6667. Regina-based Brandt Group has completed a $302 million purchase of service equipment. The owner and CEO of Brandt, Sean Semple, says the transaction doubles the number of Brandt equipment dealerships to 120 across Canada. Well, it's a very large purchase. In fact, it's uh, Brandt, uh, Brandt's largest acquisition to date. Uh, it's a total of about 64 dealerships uh, across Canada, as well as Australia and New Zealand. This becomes Canada's largest equipment dealer network? Yeah, so when you consider the, in Canada, we're going to have about 120 locations uh, that are full branches, as well as about another 50 locations. So when you consider a company with that many dealerships from one coast to the other coast, it is the largest branch network that we know of. Where are you adding locations? So we're adding three different groups of locations. So first of all, in the agricultural sector, we have northern Saskatchewan, southern Alberta, and central Alberta. And then in the uh, transportation field, so with Peterbilt, we'll have dealerships in, for all of Saskatchewan and all of Ontario. And then in, in the material handling side, it'll be uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. This becomes the largest John Deere dealership in Canada? Yeah, so we have been the largest dealership in Canada for a while. Uh, in fact, we're the largest dealership in the world. Uh, this just uh, allows us to expand a little bit more and now into the agricultural sector. Prior to this, we were just construction and forestry and compact equipment for the John Deere brand. Uh, now we'll be uh, in the agricultural sector as well. How do farmers benefit? 
Well, I think the way the farmers benefit is, is a number of different ways. First of all, Brandt is a, is a privately owned Saskatchewan company. It's been around since 1932. Our family, uh, the Semple family, owns the company 100%. We live here in Saskatchewan. Uh, the money that uh, we make in Saskatchewan stays in Saskatchewan. And so when you consider those benefits, I think those are significant benefits for, for all of Saskatchewan. But I think if you if you focus on the farmers in general, Brant's a big believer in customer support. You know, when the farmers are out at seeding time or spraying time or, or harvest especially, uh, they need their equipment to run. And we're a big believer that we can enhance uh, the customer support system for parts and service uh, and ensure that they have what they need, where they need it, and when they need it. Can you disclose the value of the deal at this stage? Yes, I can. Yeah, the the purchase price uh, for the deal, this was a public company before. Uh, we've now taken it private. Uh, total purchase price was right at $302 million. There's a strike at John Deere in the United States right now. What are your thoughts there? Well, we're watching it obviously very closely. Uh, to date, it really hasn't had an impact on, on our business at all. We have lots of inventory of course, uh, the Canadian parts warehouses are really not affected by the strike, as well as our own uh, warehouses and our own branch network. So to date, obviously, we're watching it closely, but it really hasn't had any impact so far. Is this really a doubling of the number of dealerships that Brandt has? It is. In Canada, it's a doubling of the dealerships in Canada. It will give us a lot more locations and, you know, with a lot more locations, especially in rural Saskatchewan, really allows us to provide all customers, including our agricultural customers, but also construction customers with, with, you know, parts and service that's going to be a little bit closer to where they're, uh, where they operate. This now gives you operations in Australia and New Zealand, or is it just an expansion down under? No, it, it actually, so we've been selling our manufactured products in Australia and New Zealand for uh, many years, for over 30 years, but we've never had any bricks and mortar or dealerships uh, over there. With this acquisition, we'll have about 20% of the Australian and New Zealand uh, market in there, so it really allows us to have bricks and mortars to support John Deere customers, but also to support the products that we manufacture right here in Saskatchewan that we ship to Australia and New Zealand. So we're really excited about that acquisition and the farming practices, especially in Australia, are very similar to the ones here in uh, in the prairies. Outline for me the line of farm equipment that you produce. So we produce uh, grain handling equipment, so augers and conveyors. We also provide uh, uh, light tillage equipment for tilling the soil, grain carts for harvest time, for taking grain off of the field from the combine. Uh, we also uh, provide grain bagging equipment and so on. Sean Semple is the owner and CEO of Brandt Group of Companies. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronic specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. La Nina will return to Western Canada for the second straight winter, but we can expect a colder version this time around. Bruce Burnett is Markets Farm Director of Weather and Markets Information. We should be colder than normal, especially in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, eastern Saskatchewan. So the eastern half of the prairie is certainly looking for below normal temperatures this year. Normal to above normal snowfall amounts. Above normal probabilities, highest in the parkland, 
from Alberta down through the eastern prairies. Um, this is exactly the opposite of last year. Last year was an atypical La Nina in terms of conditions. Some of the other modeling that is coming out in terms of the long-term models, it appears as if we're going to get the colder version of La Nina this year in terms of our winter temperatures and precipitation. Nearly all areas of Western Canada will be looking for larger amounts of snow following another very dry year. So if you take a look at the growing season deficit from April 1st to the middle of October here, basically most of the prairies receive below normal precipitation. Only a few areas south of Regina, as well as in the southern Peace River region and scattered locations in Manitoba received normal to above normal precipitation. And really not a lot above normal precipitation in those areas. For the vast majority of those areas that are brown, dark brown and red, we are 75 to 150 million meters below normal for this period in time. In other words, three to six inches short on soil moisture. One issue arising from the dry conditions is the increased risk of herbicide carryover. Herbicides are primarily broken down by adequate moisture, temperature, and time. Some group two herbicides pose a higher risk for herbicide carryover under very dry conditions. Growers need to be aware of potential scenarios involving canola, durum, and canary seed. Some chemical manufacturers have made label changes following the extreme heat and drought of 2021. Sask Wheat, Sask Canola, and Saskatchewan Pulse Growers have produced a 12-page fact sheet on herbicide carryover risks and considerations. It's available on all three organizations' websites. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Hey, Kara Ustros here with realagriculture.com. It's been a tough year for feed. The USDA recently announced emergency assistance for feed to move for livestock. And in Canada, we recently brought the Hay West program back as well. As feed resources are moving across the countries, we need to be paying attention to weed seeds. I have here with me Carl Hoppy, who is the North Dakota State University Extension Livestock Systems Specialist at the Carrington Research Extension Center to talk about the issue. So as an extension person yourself, Carl, what messages are you sending to producers when it comes to stopping weed seeds from spreading? Well, my job is, is I'm a beef cattle nutritionist, and when we ever start moving uh, feeds from one spot to the other, we always run into not only what the feed is you bought, but what other feeds that are brought in with it at the same time. And when we talk about that, it's usually talking about weed seeds. In North Dakota, we're now um, being presented with something called Palmer amaranth. Um, and, and what's difficult about that is that it's resistance to many different modes of herbicide. So normally if you get weeds in, you can just spray them out and call it good. Well, this particular herbicide, you can spray and it'll just shake itself off and keep growing. And that's a real problem when you start looking at um, bringing in feeds that aren't pure feeds. Things like haze and, and screenings and things like that can all have uh, weeds in with them. And so we need to be careful of our noxious weed laws and the type of weeds we bring in. Um, sometimes you always think that uh, we could put it into compost. And if you feed the cattle, we can uh, compost the manure 
and that'll reduce the weed seeds. Well, you know, when we put feed in front of cattle, the grinding of the teeth of the cattle, the digestion, the rumen fermentation, all help degrade the integrity of the seeds so they don't germinate. But all it takes is one or two percent that pass through. And those can get into the manure. And if it's composted, still, all it takes is one or two percent to pass through. And next thing you know, you've got a live seed go, a live seed growing or weed growing. And with that, you end up with, yeah, an infestation that you may not have wanted. So in other words, the whole issue is you get a little bit more than you bought. Yes, for sure. And I know recently there was a case of Palmer amaranth being found in Manitoba as well. So on both sides of the border, we are watching that noxious weed closely. Do you have any recommendations on how to manage feed that might be contaminated with some of these weed seeds? Well, um, if, if they are contaminated, the first thing I would do is try to identify that when the feed is brought in. And then if it's grains, like Palmer amaranth, uh, it'd be a very small seed if you could powder the grain. And I know that's difficult for most farmers and ranchers. Uh, we're not usually into making flour out of our feeds. Um, but that's what it'd take in order to um, destruct the weed seed itself. So after that, you're looking towards uh, some type of containment of the seeds. So uh, feeding it in your feed yard would be the best thing to do. Uh, at least you can watch your weeds, mow them off, take care of them. Uh, that type of thing, if they're resistant to herbicide. Um, feeding out on pastures or ranges may not be a good idea because you're bringing seeds. And that even goes to the extent of if you're bringing in grasses that might be native or uh, already headed out before they're hayed. I know in North Dakota we have something called CRP, and a lot of that was hayed after it was headed out, which means if there was any other weeds or, or, or foreign grasses, those could all be hauled into your pasture and then subsequently set up for uh, bringing those a, a, a new species into your pasture if if that's what it is. I've seen that in crop ground uh, spreading uh, hay out in crop ground for feeding cattle, and next year there's a whole bunch of uh, new things growing in that area that previously nothing had grown other than the crop that was identified or planted. So that's the big thing, containment and be persevere on on what it is you buy, so you're not buying more than what you thought you had. And if it's really noxious, like Palmer amaranth, um, be be very vigilant about it because that's a program you really don't want. Do you recommend record keeping when it comes to where the feed was unloaded and fed to, so producers can go back and look if there's a noxious weed that rears its head? Oh, keeping records is a good idea, no matter where you at, so you can trace back to where it came from. Just so you have a history of what's going on. That's always a, a, a good idea to do that. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, wind southeast 50, gusting to 70. The high, 9 degrees. 40% chance of showers overnight, the low, plus 5. Tomorrow, a few showers ending in the afternoon, then cloudy. Wind southeast 40, gusting 20 gusting to 40, becoming light in the morning, the high 10 tomorrow, the low plus 1. 
Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 12, the low 0. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 10, the low minus 2. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 9, the low minus 3. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 6. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high near plus 2. Normal high is 7 degrees, the normal low minus 6. The sun rose at 7.38 this morning. It sets at 5.47 tonight. Normal high is 8 degrees, the normal low minus 5. The sun rose at 7.33 this morning. It sets at 5.53. That's the normal. We have the current hot spot is Maple Creek at 10 degrees. The cold spot, Key Lake, at plus 2. Estevan right now is 5. Saskatoon, 6. Swift Current, 8. Weyburn and Yorkton, both 5 degrees. Regina, cloudy, and 5. That's 41 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 49, gusting to 63. Humidity is 82%. Thermometer falling, 100.8. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 8 degrees. Winds are from the south-southeast, 44, gusting to 61. Once again, Regina, cloudy, and 5. That's 41 Fahrenheit back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Half a dozen loads of donated hay from Ontario have arrived in Saskatchewan. It's part of the Mennonite Disaster Services Hay West project. Although the hay will only last a short time, every bale makes a difference heading into winter after a severe drought. Ike Epp from Medstead is on the Mennonite Committee in Saskatchewan and was involved in the delivery of hay to drought-affected Ontario farmers nine years ago. We did a hay yeast program back in 2012, and, and now the Ontario people had excess hay and it was actually they that came to us and said can we return the favor so it was actually at their initiative that we got started to talk about this and we're glad that they did in 2012 about two and a half million pounds went from the prairies to ontario epps says several loads have arrived to date to saskatchewan there have been six loads that have arrived in saskatchewan to date uh, i think there are a few more that are waiting to come Um, and it is coming on uh, transport trucks owned by Hutton Livestock, Hutton Livestock Transportation. They're uh, cattle liners that are convertible into a van body, so these uh, trailers are loaded from the back, not quite as convenient for hay, but it is working. Epp describes the bales from Ontario. They're what they call the big squares. Uh, Some of them have been 3 feet by 4 feet by 7 feet long, and we've had one load that were 3 by 3 by 7. So obviously there's a little variation of the sizes of that equipment as well. Yep, says 50 Saskatchewan farmers have applied for hay from the program. We have an application process. So one of the questions we ask, what percentage of um, their family income is derived from livestock sales? And also uh, how much, how long their present supply of feed will last? So we are trying to uh, make uh, intelligent decisions based on the most needy, and those that are uh, 
whose income primarily is from livestock sources, as well as uh, if they're running out of feed sooner than later, we try to uh, bring to those producers first. Epps says many producers are happy to receive the hay. Well, we have been very grateful. Uh, Some of their uh, shortfall is quite extensive, and they are very grateful for the the hay itself and for simply knowing that someone else is also concerned about their needs. Epps says farmers who receive the hay are helping to pay some of the transportation costs. When we started this program, it seemed to be a reasonable amount to be asking for seven cents a pound, which is going to defray uh, transportation costs of this hay. We're probably quite aware that that is probably uh, quite on the low side as to what the market could bear, but uh, we're not in this to make money. EP provides an update on applications for hay. At this time, we have not uh, cut off applications, but uh, we also have considerably more applications at this point than we have hay available. So we're we're hoping that our hay supplies can still be increased on the Ontario side, but of course that's to be seen. To apply for some of the hay, go to the Mennonite Disaster Service website and fill out the Hay West program. Ike Epp from Medstead is a volunteer with Mennonite Disaster Services Canada. His phone number is 306-342-7921. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Canada has a smaller drought-reduced crop to export in the coming year, but there will still be plenty of challenges getting those cargoes to export customers. Ports are struggling to keep up with demand from all sectors of the economy, which is leading to lengthy delays. Stephen Pocklington is the president of CTF Corporation. He's advising exporters to pick routes with the least amount of transshipment ports. Globally, I would say that at the transshipment hubs, the major hubs, you're seeing at least a 30-day delay. Cargo gets in there and it takes forever to come out, and that's adding 30 days to any average voyage times if there's transshipments involved. So if you take um, a a traditional shipment from Vancouver to to India, no matter which way you go, it it was running maybe 40 days. Now it could be 60 to 80 to even 90 days. And this is, as the carriers say, is completely out of their control. The the transshipment hubs are completely congested. Stephen Paul is the Vice President of Supply Chain Logistics for Raymond Logistics. He told the Canadian Special Crops Association Convention last month they are anticipating only a quarter of the volume through Vancouver in the coming year versus historical trends. From a transit time perspective, we have seen increased transit times, both whether you're going off the west coast or you're going off the east coast. There's just global congestion at a lot of major ports. And what that's resulting in is those port congestions is, you know, as they get, let's say, to, to Asia or Southeast Asia, Hong Kong, Singapore, as an example, they have so much traffic within those regions that if they don't get on that first transshipment, then they're they're not first in, first out. And then they have to kind of dig through the piles as they go through. And then that could substantially add to the transit time. And then the same thing off the East Coast, you know, they're going into some congested ports in Europe, um, some in the Mediterranean, facing those same factors. And while the Port of Montreal may be able to pick up some of the slack, it's not the solution either. 
The facilities here on the East Coast have not been accustomed to volumes of any significant size in close to a decade. The Vancouver has been building transloading capacity for the last 10 years as volume shifted in that direction. And alternatively, what the facilities here on the East Coast have done is they've diversified into other commodities to try to augment that shift in volume. So now as some of that Western special crops volume comes back to Montreal, it's running straight on with soybean and bean cargo that's being translated and other different commodities. So that's where it's going to be critical to understand that it won't be a blanket open door. Unfortunately, there's no end in sight to the global shipping crunch. Jordan Atkins is the vice president of WTC Group. Well, 10 months ago now, we were predicting somewhere around the end of this year before things rectified. And then six months ago, it was middle of next year. And now we're hopeful that it's going to be kind of rebalanced by new crop 2022. But we're seeing strong demand on imports into Vancouver well into the new year, into Q2, into Q3. And that's really what's driving these economic decisions to be had by the steamship lines is because, you know, when you're talking about a 20 to 25,000 US dollar spot rate from China to Vancouver or inland uh, Canada, rather, they're not going to pay attention to a $3,000 agri unit coming off of the West Coast. The previous comments were made at the Canadian Special Crops Association convention a few weeks ago. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today and Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola gained 12.30 at 9.16.22. One red spring wheat went up 1.63 at 4.32.88. The rest were unchanged. Durham 7.16.90. Feed barley 3.24.65. Flax thirteen eighty nine eighty eight, lentils nine ninety seven fifty, oats four ninety five zero three, yellow peas five forty four eighty nine, feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December gained seven and a half cents at ten twenty and a half a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, today's quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swift Current for last week. We had 7,600 cattle on offer. All class of cows sold a little lower. Here are the quotations. D1 to 2 cows, 65 to 75. D3 cows, 50 to 65. Mature bulls under 1,900 pounds, 80 to 90. Good big bulls, 90 to $1.05. Feeder bulls, 1,000 to 1,200 pounds are up to $1.40. Steer calves, three to 400 pounds are trading 245 to $3, up to 308. Four to 500 pounds, 230 to 258. Five to 600 pounds, 210 to 225. Six to 700 pounds, $2 to 207. Heifer calves, 210 to 230, 4 to 500 pounds, 185 to 205 and a half, 5 to 600 pounds, 175 to 180, 6 700 pounds, 165 to 172. This has been Lee bringing the mark part from direct, 
direct from Heartland and Swift Current. Good day and good marketing. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 4,700 hogs Friday, selling a range of 186 to 205 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,800 head, selling a range of 183 to 205 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the weekend of Saturday, October 23rd are Ole West 2020 contract, 195 even, Ole West 2021 contract, 215.10, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 189.42, Ham's Cash, 187.42, Thunder Creek Brick Co, 199.63, High Life Cash, 199.43, and High Life Contract, 206.92 dollars per CKG. Ham's Cash hog price today is mixed and four contract prices open higher this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is down four basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2357. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 80.65 cents US. The trend remains lower in US cash markets with daily values moderately below week ago benchmarks in all reporting regions to start the week. Last week's slaughter was estimated at 2.606 million head. Only the second time over 2.6 million has been achieved this year and helped along by another large Saturday kill estimated 229,000 head. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Flax processor TA Foods of Yorkton has been named as one of the top businesses in the province. The TA in TA Foods is Terry Anand Popowich, whose family-owned business was named ABEX Award winner in the Growth and Expansion category at a Saskatchewan Chamber of Commerce Awards night in Regina on the weekend. Co-owner Mike Popowich says flax oil and consumer-sized bagged flax products are two of their best sellers. Fairly good. Uh, we have quite a fair amount of it contracted for this fall. Uh, depending on what areas some of the flax is coming from, it's fared better than others but uh, in general we see the flax quality to be a little bit better than last year's and uh, it's been very good to be able to start bringing it in here again in the last few weeks. Another Saskatchewan flax processor, Canmar Grain Products of Regina won the ABEX export category. Menard's Leisure World of Weyburn was named Business of the Year. On the markets, the TSX is up 85 points at 21,301. The Dow has risen 98 points at 35,775. Oil is up 15 cents at 83.91 a barrel. The Canadian dollar has fallen 10 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.73 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.